everyone. Thanks for checking out this podcast. I hope today's conversation inspires you and builds your faith for the moment you are in right now. Know that God's love for you truly changes everything. Enjoy the message. So very glad to see you, everybody here in the room and those of you with us online today here in our community and around the world. We're so glad that you've joined us as well. And uh, I want to encourage you, if you didn't bring a Bible, consider doing that. Uh, But I know most people have a Bible that looks something like this nowadays too. And if you want to go ahead and get that ready in just a little bit, I'm going to tell you what passage of scripture we're going to be in. Uh, But can I just ask you, uh, bonjour à tous. Uh, Ça va bien? Ça va? So we are so glad that you are here. Uh, merci d'être venu. Thank you so much for joining us. And, uh, and, and as, before we get into our passages of scripture today, did you notice that this year there was a, a pretty significant death that happened in the United States uh, that uh, younger people may not know this name as much, but Larry King passed away. Larry King was uh, one of the most powerful men in, for decades in, in media, on, uh, on CNN. At, at the peak of his career, CNN paid him $30 million a year, U.S. dollars. So that's like a billion Canadian dollars, right? $30 million U.S. dollars a year to sit down and talk with famous people. And in his career, he interviewed all the top celebrities and movie stars and musicians and presidents, uh, Nelson Mandela and, uh, and even the Dalai Lama. But one time he was asked, if you could look all throughout human history and pick just one person that you wished that you could interview, who would it be? Guess what his answer was? You can probably guess. He was asked, if you were to, to look back across all of human history and pick one person you could interview, who would it be? And the answer, he said, would be Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Why? He said, because I would ask him this question. He said, I would ask Jesus, were you really born of a virgin? Because if you were, then that would change everything. Today, we're going to be in John chapter one. If you want to go ahead and look that up, uh, John chapter one and whatever translation you have, whatever language you have. I know many uh, bring your French Bible or you look it up in Swahili or Spanish or uh, Korean, whatever language uh, that, that you read your Bible in. Go ahead and find John chapter one today. But the truth is most people in our culture today don't know what to think of Jesus. In fact, this week we had our, our church board meeting for the month of, of March. And uh, as we were getting ready to pray and sharing some testimony and prayer requests and uh, being reminded of the mission of the church of Jesus and, and uh, one of our board members just reminded us of how important our mission is as Christians because uh, she said that she was talking with a little girl on her sidewalk this month, the little girl who was playing had, had come down the street and, and, and the little girl commented on something and, and the lady from our church 
said, well, that's because of God. God is so good. And the little girl looked at her and asked, who is God? What is God? She had never heard that there is a God, much less a God who loves her. You see, most people in our culture today, like Larry King, have a lot of questions and questions are not necessarily a bad thing. You see, in order to find the right answers in life, first, you have to start asking the right questions, right? See, the problem in our world today is not that people have questions. The problem is, I think most people are asking the wrong questions. And so today we're going to to open our Bible to John chapter one and see this amazing story where two people started asking the right questions and it changed everything in their life. Are you ready? John chapter one, we'll begin reading in verse 43. John 1, 43. The next day, Jesus decided to leave for Galilee. Finding Philip, he said to him, follow me. Philip, like Andrew and Peter, was from the town of Bethsaida. Philip found Nathanael and told him, we have found the one. There's a whole lot of finding going on here in this story, isn't it? Philip found Nathanael and told him, we have found the one Moses wrote about in the law and about whom the prophets also wrote Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. Nazareth, can anything good come from there? Nathanael asked. Come and see, said Philip. When Jesus saw Nathanael approaching, he said to him, here is a true Israelite in whom there is nothing false. How do you know me? Nathanael asked. Jesus answered, I saw you while you were still under the fig tree before Philip called you. Then Nathanael declared, Rabbi, you are the son of God. You are the king of Israel. Jesus said, you believe because I told you I saw you under the fig tree? You will see even greater things than that. Now, here's one of the things that we see in this story. Words are powerful, right? Many times a word that is spoken to you, a word that is spoken over you can have the power to change the trajectory of your life. And so before we dig into this story, could we just stop and and pray that God's word would speak to us today? Heavenly Father, Father God, as we dig into this story today, we invite you, Lord, give us eyes to see, give us ears to hear and hearts to understand. Lord, we want to grow today. We want to be changed and shaped by the truth of your word. Lord, if there's anything today that comes out of my mouth or or something that I try to pull out of scripture that is not honoring to you or not according to your will, Lord, I pray that you would just snatch it up and remove it from people's memory. 
But Lord, if there's anything that we need to hear from your spirit, may it take deep root in our hearts. In the name of Jesus, amen. Can, can everybody say, in the name of Jesus, amen. Okay, now, as we get into the story, we meet three people, right? Jesus, Philip, and Nathaniel. And so Jesus speaks two powerful words to Philip and his life is changed. And then Philip speaks three powerful words to Nathaniel and his life is changed. And so let, let's get started as we go back to verse 43. And what did Jesus say to Philip? Jesus said to him, everybody together, Jesus said to him, follow me. And folks, that is when Philip's life was changed when he decided to follow Jesus. And listen, that's when my life was changed too. Yes, the moment that I decided to follow Jesus, to listen to his calling as he spoke out my name, when I laid down my pride and, and I laid down my selfish ambition and when I, I laid down my selfishness and, and my sinful nature, when I said, Jesus, I give it all to you. Lord, you can have all the stuff in this world, all the things that I used to desire, all the things that I used to want and crave and, and hunger for that I thought would make me happy. All those things that I used to think defined my identity. All those things that, that the world used to say about me, that is not who I am anymore because I give it all to you. That was the single greatest decision that I have ever made in my entire life. How many of you would say amen? How many of you would say that you gave your life to Jesus and it was the greatest decision you ever made. Oh, come on. I'm going to give you another chance. How many of you would say that there was the greatest decision that you have ever made? Followed closely by asking Tracy to be my wife. <laughs> I could say. <laughs> See, Jesus said, Philip, come follow me. And then once Philip responded and obeyed the voice of Jesus in his life, he then went to find his friend. Let's read verse 45 again. So once he became a Christian, what did Philip do next? Verse 45, Philip found Nathanael and told him, we have found the one Moses wrote about in the law and about whom the prophets also wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. And so Philip immediately goes out to find his friend, Nathaniel. And he says, Nathan, buddy, I gotta tell you something. Something has happened in my life, Nathaniel. I got to tell you what happened. Nathaniel, you, were, you remember how we used to sit around and talk about the prophecies and you know, science and history and, and the meaning of life? Philip said, Nathaniel, Nathaniel, do you remember how we used to talk about all the problems in the world and how it seems like there are no solutions to all of these problems? And wouldn't it be great if someday we found an answer? Philip said, Nathaniel, Jesus is the answer. He's changed 
my life. And and I, I imagine that there are many of you here today who have done that very same thing. I wonder how many of you have, have gone and, and, and at some point, maybe even recently, over the years, again and again, where God has laid it on your heart to speak up, maybe to invite somebody to church, to tell somebody what God has done in your life, to, to invite someone to consider the claims of Jesus. And let me guess what happens, because I know this happens to me every time I do that is every time I tell somebody about Jesus or invite somebody to church or talk about what God's done in my life, immediately they fall on their knees and say, oh, thank you. This is what I've been waiting for. Please help me get saved. Is that, is that what happens to you? Pro- probably not. Now, maybe, sometimes, sometimes. Uh, and and if, if so, I'd love to hear those stories because they're awesome stories. Every once in a while, you have that amazing experience where God has just teed up an opportunity, and and he brings you along to be able to be there at the right moment to help someone. But you never know unless you have the courage to speak up. And so here's what I found. Usually something kind of the opposite tends to happen. Usually what people will say is something like this. They'll try to be respectful and say, well, I'm glad that that whole Jesus thing works for you, but what? But it's really not for me. Right? And that's exactly how Nathaniel responded. Nathaniel did not say, thank you, Philip, for telling me about Jesus. Instead, Nathaniel responded with skepticism and even sarcasm. Look at, look at verse 46 again. He said, Nazareth, can anything good come from there? See, Nazareth was not a cool place. Nazareth was kind of redneck, backwoods, hillbilly country, okay? Nazareth was like not where cool people come from. People didn't dress cool in Nazareth. They didn't go to fancy schools in Nazareth. Kids didn't grow up in the big city like Jerusalem and go, oh man, I can't wait till I can grow up and I can go and find myself in Nazareth, right? Like Nazareth was the place that people grew up and wanted to to leave, and so, so you can see the skepticism, even the sarcasm in his voice. I, want, I just want to make sure you get it. I want to hear how you think Nathaniel said this. Nazareth, can anything good come from there? So let me hear your, your, your sarcasm. Are you ready? Can you do it with me? Everybody on the count of three. One, two, three. Oh, some of you are weak skeptics. You're just so filled with the Holy Spirit that you just can't bring yourself to say it. Is that what it is? I know it's hard with a mask on. You're like, oh man, this this is, let's let's give our best for Jesus. Okay, I'm I'm gonna stop harassing you. Now, the, the New Testament was originally written in what language? In Greek. Oh, you're such good scholars. Good job. The New Testament was not written in English. It was not written in French. It was not written in, in, uh, in Spanish. It was written in Greek, the New Testament. So whatever you hold in your hand is an English translation or whatever language you're reading today. And, and most translators have chosen the word good here. And that's a pretty good translation. But the Greek word here is agathos. And agathos can mean more than just good versus bad or like good as opposed to evil. Agathos often means good as in 
something that is useful, something that is, is beneficial. Like when you're working on a car and you say, hand me that lug wrench and somebody hands you a screwdriver. You're like, this is not good. This is not useful. This is not what I was looking for. This is not what I need right now. Right? That's, that's what he's saying. Nathaniel is saying, Nazareth, can anything really beneficial or useful come out of that place? Is there really anything in that for me? And when you read it that way, all of a sudden you realize that Nathaniel is asking the very same question that everybody in our culture, if you talk to them about Jesus, is asking. People will say, well, I know you're into that whole church thing and whatever, but but I don't really think that's for me. I mean, I'm glad you found religion and all, but I don't think there's anything in it for me. Many people, their response is not necessarily, I don't care about Jesus. It's more a question, why should I care about Jesus? And one of the things that I love about this church is it has a long, long history of being a place where Nathaniels can come and ask those questions. In fact, that's the story for many of you in this room today, many of you who are online with us today, that, that maybe somebody invited you or for whatever reason, you had the courage to, to walk into a place like this and, and, and you began to wrestle with your questions as a Nathaniel and say, is there really in anything in this for me? And all of a sudden, as you came in and you're in your nervousness and your embarrassment, afraid that you would stand out and in all of your questions, and, and all of your hurts and hangups and habits and addictions and all the things in your lifestyle that you knew did not yet line up with the word of scripture, but yet you came and asked legitimate questions and in the end had a life-changing experience with Jesus. That's what I'm so thankful for. But now our job is to go out and become a Philip to the Nathaniels in our life. And so the question is, how do we reach out to the Nathaniels in our lives? And so here's a thought. Remember, you may be the only Jesus some people ever see. Now, this is a kind of scary thought, okay? Because what this means is, the fact is, just like that little girl that I, on the sidewalk that I told you about earlier on, there are people in your life who the only example of a Christ follower is you in their life. And so everything you do, everything you say, every choice you would make, the way you spend your money, the way you treat people, the way you talk about people, the way you, you talk about the church, the way you talk about, you know, the way that you handle conflict, Everything you do is influencing in some ways what they think about Jesus. I, I know of one lady who was struggling in her marriage and uh, she was a Christian and her husband was not. And, and 
she would do everything she could to tell him about Jesus and she would invite him to church and she would tell him about the Bible and, and, and he just didn't want anything to do with it. And one time they were having a fight and they were disagreeing over something and their tempers were starting to get up and she was getting frustrated. And, and, and she said, she said to him, why can't you be more like me? Like, isn't that the essence of all of our arguments, right? Why can't everybody be like me? Then the world would be a perfect place, Right. And in the heat of the moment, he looked back at her and he said, why in the world would I ever want to be like you? And in that moment, she realized something. That that she had not been, he had not been rejecting Christ. Her husband had been rejecting what he saw in her. It's not that he didn't see anything appealing about Jesus, he just didn't know what Jesus was actually about. It's not that he said, I don't want who you have, Christ. He was saying, I don't want what you have, a weak and inconsistent faith. And folks, that's what we should be praying every single day. Lord, is there anything in my life that is giving people the wrong idea about Jesus? Be careful about the words that you say. Be careful about the things that you post online. I I, I wonder if maybe, I wonder if maybe we could hunker down here for a minute about some of the things that we do and say online and in person. Don't burn your kingdom influence for things that will not last for eternity. Can I, can I just be brutally honest for a minute? Over the last year or so, I've wondered if sometimes many Christians are more concerned about politics and COVID and masks and things that we post online about than they are about Jesus. And, and, I, and I've had people push me, Joel, why aren't you telling people what they should do? And everybody's on both sides of the equation, right? Like on one side, why aren't you telling people, Joel, that people shouldn't take vaccines? You should be telling people as a church, they shouldn't take vaccines. And I got other people saying, Joel, it's your responsibility as a pastor. You need to be telling people about vaccines and that they should take it. Right? I mean, I, I get it on both sides. And you wonder, well, Joel, are you about to tell us what to do? Here, here's what I'll tell you. I will tell you to do only things that I'm 100% certain about. And here's what I'm certain about. I'm not certain about vaccines and masks because they are percentages and ratios right? I think a lot of people don't understand the, the nuance of percentages and ratios, And so when it comes to declaring the truth, here's what I know to be true. I know one thing to be true. That if the world is as bad as it looks right now, I want to spend every dying breath telling people the one thing I do know for sure, that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, and the only way to the Father. Every last breath.
Because there are a lot of questionable things that we're arguing about in our culture today, and I don't know the answers to all those things. So let me focus on what I do know the answer to. People need Jesus. People need Jesus. Let's let's not burn our kingdom influence on things that we're not 100% certain about. And let's focus on what will last for eternity. God and his word and the salvation of the human soul that only comes through Jesus. Okay, okay, I'm done. So here comes the best part of the story. Nathaniel is sarcastic. Nathaniel is insulting. Nathaniel is disrespectful and unhelpful in his response, right? And so how does Philip respond? What does Philip do? He takes out the Bible and whacks Nathaniel over the head and say, what an idiot you are. Is that what Philip does? No. What does he say? Look, Philip doesn't attack him with the Bible. Philip doesn't criticize his friend and make him feel foolish. Philip doesn't argue with Nathaniel over all the things that he's gotten wrong. Instead, Philip does the most simple and beautiful, powerful thing to his friend who is skeptical about Jesus. He simply says these three words, these three words that can change a life. Verse 46, Nazareth, can anything good come from there? Nathanael asked, three words, come and see, said Philip. He said, Nathanael, I've got three words for you. Come and see. He says, don't take your family's word for it or the way that you were raised. Don't, don't take your, some TV preacher's word for it. Don't take some social media influencer or some YouTube channel's word for it. Don't take some scholar or even your teacher's word for it. Don't even take my word for it, Philip says. Nathaniel, come and see Jesus for yourself so that you can decide. And guess what? Nathaniel accepted the invitation. Look at the next verse. Verse 47 says, then Jesus saw Nathanael approaching. Don't you love it? Why did Nathanael come to see him for himself? It's because his friend invited him with these three powerful words that can change a life. Come and see Come and see for yourself. And so that's what Nathan did. With all of his questions and all of his doubts, he was, I think, just like many of you who walked into this place for the first time or wherever it was that maybe you walked into a church for the first time or started watching online for the first time to engage in that experience. And like many people, he came with his questions. He was, he was uncomfortable. He was afraid probably that he would stand out, but he came with an open heart and a hungry spirit. And just like many who will accept your invitation to come to church, when Nathaniel decided to come and check out Jesus for himself, there he had a life-changing experience with the Savior. And all of a sudden he realized in verse 49, Rabbi, you are the son of God. You are the king of Israel. Folks, that's what we're trying to do is we're trying to create an environment where people can come and see who Jesus is. And you know what? Sometimes we get it wrong. 
We're not perfect. We make mistakes. There are times that, that we think, oh, well, that, that didn't work out the way that we thought it would. And, 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 there, and, and, you know, not everything is exactly to everybody's taste. And if you ever find anything that is everything to everybody's taste, you be sure to let me know because I think that's pretty much impossible. But we just try our absolute best to be like Philip. Say, come and see Jesus for yourself. See the power of this book to transform a life. When you begin to apply these principles to your life in ways that are countercultural, in ways that are uncomfortable, in ways that make people go, huh? You believe what? And yet for thousands of years, Jesus has revealed himself as the way maker, the miracle worker, the light that shines brightly into the darkness of our lives. And so here's what we're going to do. Uh, over the last two weeks, we've had this little Easter invite video for Facebook. And I know that, that Facebook is uh, pretty much for old people like me these days. And a whole lot of young people aren't necessarily on Facebook. But what's, what's frustrating about it is it's one of the greatest platforms in terms of the functionality to be able to get the word out on a lot of things and create events and, and so forth. And so a couple of weeks ago, we put this out. And uh, this Easter invite, and 457 times that's been shared over the last two weeks with almost 14,000 views so far. Almost 14,000 views so far. Almost 14,000 views so far. That's because of you. That's because of what you have done and because God hopefully is in it. And, and then here's what we're going to do this week, though. We're still going to do, if we go back just one, we're still going to do the, the video this week that there are still opportunities to share this. And maybe you want to send this to people individually. Those of you who are online can do this as well. But when you came in today, we gave you a card that looks like this. And so we'll put that card on the screen now. Uh, the card, some didn't get it when you came in. I'm sorry. They didn't get those to the people who came on the front rows, I guess. So we'll make sure, make sure you get one on the way out, okay? Sorry about that. And so uh, it says, be our online guest. And this is not specific to Easter. It just sends people to uh, the watch page to, to be able to watch the live streams or the recordings of our service. And it kind of talks about how if people will do it, that they can, you know, uh, there they can watch about how to get their free Tim's card and so forth if they, if they want to. But the reason we're doing these cards, these are not Easter specific. We're doing these because we want to ask you to pray along with us, each and every one of us. Lord, who can I be Philip to this week? Is there a Nathaniel who I can put this card in their hand this week? Now, next week, remember, there are two services. If you show up here at 1030, you'll be late for the first and early for the second. Uh, and so the services next week are at 9 and 11. What time are they? 9 and 11. What time are they? 9 and 11. Okay, they're 9 and 11. Make sure anybody who maybe hasn't been here in a while and, and make sure you let them know as well. Just send them to the website. It's all on the website. And so, yes. 
Yes, Good Friday services at 10.30 a.m. Excellent. So, so if they go to this page, it'll have it on there, okay? And so all we want you to ask you to do, keep this in your pocket, maybe put it in your purse and pray with us today, Lord, will you show me this week who I should give this to? Put it in their hands and say, man, I'd love for you to check this out. And next week, we're gonna start a brand new series that I think is really pertinent, really relevant to the time in which we live right now. We're gonna talk about fear. We're gonna do a series for about five or six weeks about the root of our fear, how to deal with our fear, and specifically some of the very unique uh, fears that people are facing in our world today. And so would you just join me in praying together? Let's, let's stand, get this card in your hand too. While you go ahead and stand, go ahead and get that card. If you didn't, again, some of you maybe didn't get it on the way in, but uh, make sure you get one on the way out. But everybody who has it, if you go ahead and get this in your hand and online folks, uh, you can do this as well. Be praying with us about who God wants to lay on your heart this week. Heavenly Father, Lord, we invite you to do something supernatural in us and through us. Lord, I know in my life that some of the scariest moments are moments when you spoke to me, when you prompted me, when you kind of gave me a thought that popped into my head that I need to talk to somebody or I need to invite them to church or I need to in some way give glory to God to see if maybe you want to open up a door of conversation or maybe put a card in their hand, just like I did at a restaurant this week where I invited somebody to church and put a card in their hand. Lord, I wonder if every single person here today and with us online, that you might give them a specific moment or maybe multiple moments this week where you bring to their mind, this is my moment to be a Philip, to invite someone to come and see. And Lord, purify our intention to, I just wanna say as a pastor, Lord, as the pastor of this church, may our goal not be to grow this church, but to grow your church. Not to grow our little corner of the kingdom, but to grow your kingdom. To lead people to Jesus. And Lord, if there's anyone here in the room right now or with us online who, who in this moment identify most with Nathaniel, May they hear you speaking their name right now. Oh Lord, speak their name. As you say to them, come, follow me. And listen, my friends, if you're ready to follow Jesus, the Bible says that we all come as sinners with selfishness in our hearts, with evil desires. 
so much in us that is displeasing to God. And yet Jesus died on the cross to pay the price for our sins so that we can be forgiven and set free. And so right now, would you confess? Say, Lord, I need you. I'm sorry. Forgive me for how I've lived my life and put myself at the center of the universe. Right now, tell him, I believe that Jesus died on the cross to take the punishment for my sins. I deserve death. And Jesus died in my place. And receive it right now. Receive his forgiveness. Invite his spirit to come in and begin to work in your life. Right now, make a commitment to him. Lord, I commit to follow you and try to order my steps according to your word, to try to, to, try to get into this, this amazing ancient book, the Bible that you've given me, to grow and be changed and transformed. And so, Lord, we look forward with great expectation for what you are going to do. Thank you for what you have done in our lives. And we look forward to what you are going to do in the lives of others. In the name of Jesus, we pray. And all God's children said, amen. Thank you for listening. If you would like to learn more about Moncton Wesleyan, we invite you to visit our website at mw.church. We are here to help you with any questions you might have. See you next time.